0: Hello and welcome to the JLL Investor Perspectives podcast. I'm Art Patnode, your host, joining you from my home in Singapore as the world continues to adjust to life in the next normal. Today, we're here to talk about the office of the future, or is it the future of working from home? I'm joined today by Roddy Allen, JLL's chief research officer in Asia-Pacific, who's back working in the Hong Kong office, and Marina Krishnan, Division President, Corporate Solutions at JLL, speaking to us from her home office in Singapore. Hello, both. Hi, Art. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let me kick this off. Roddy, I'm going to ask for myself and Marina here. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but, you know, how is life back in the office? It's certainly very nice to be back in the office. I think you,
1: you really realize, I mean, I find it easier enough working from home, but getting back in the office, you really
0: realize how much you miss that human interaction with people. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because um, there's this whole debate about whether offices are going to be relevant post-COVID. You know, I, for one, i I'm, I'm been home for months. I'm still home. and. There's things that I miss about the office life. Um, but, you know, I'm also doing my job successfully. So it's not so straightforward in my mind about what comes next. And, you know, I don't think it's probably that straightforward for big companies out there either. Do you think the pandemic's going to lead to the demise of offices as we know it? I mean, our, the, the short answer is no. I mean, what I would say is...
1: Um, you know, the, the working from home and especially in APAC has worked because it's had to work um, and definitely COVID-19 has a, had a large um, impact on the market and corporations and certainly we're certainly hearing many data pundits and, you know, examining doomsday scenarios for the real estate sector as we know it. Um, however in the long term, the short answer is no, we don't see this as the demise of the office and we still see the traditional offices remaining core to to real estate
0: why do you say that in that medium to
1: long-term view I think office is central to, to innovation for corporations um, and I think that whole face-to-face interaction piece is is and will remain key that's not to say that we might not see some form of hybrid where we have some people working a little bit more from home than they did before
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, Marina, what about you? I mean, you work day in day out with occupiers in this region. You know, what's the sense you're getting from them at this point?
2: Well, Art. I mean, occupiers around the region have needed to adjust, uh, you know, really quickly, and needed their employees to uh, transition work at a very short notice from the office to their homes as countries around the world went into lockdown over the last few months, as you know. And this change, I think, has really led to a greater reliance on technology, as we've seen in, in our own organisation. And this is, you know, also caused, uh, I think, disruption to both, you know, the corporate and personal lives where lines have blurred. So, you know, really, we've seen overnight that people had to adjust to a new reality, you know, one that challenges, you know, productivity while keeping all the businesses going. So, this is the next uh, normal, I think. The situation will not change for both occupiers and employees, uh, especially while some forms of lockdowns or restrictions are still in place. Look, in, in Singapore, you know, eight uh, in nine respondents we surveyed indicated that they are working from home as a result of the pandemic. So, it's worked um, I think it's worked because resources have been made available for remote working, but I think fundamentally it's because employees have had to make it work.
0: But still, yep. you know, you'd have to say that given remote working seems to have worked out for for some companies in, in some industries, maybe more so than others. But in general, I think um, you know we've been able to adapt to this successfully. Does this mean that offices won't be embraced in the same way after the restrictions are are lifted? Yeah.
2: Well. Artists, as employers uh, start to realise that many roles and functions in the organisation can be performed well from home, it is possible that remote working will be built into the role from from the outset. You know, um, and I think this is you know if you can call it this is one of the silver linings of this pandemic. You know, on the on the other hand, people are starting to miss work. We are social animals after all. You know, we need the human interaction and the collaboration that we get at the office. So I think in terms of the of of the future, Um, many companies are approaching this from more the employee's perspective, you know, from an experience perspective, from a productivity perspective, which is by looking at what type of work has been performed and then deciding where best it can or should be performed, you know, either in the office or outside. Look, we recently surveyed both employees and employers about the balance of work from home and, and, you know, the office they anticipated um, uh, post-COVID. Um, Asian employees are most appreciative of the flexibility of having both the office and home and an enhanced work-life balance, I think, you know, all of us do. Um, especially I think with gnosis in Japan, Singapore, and China, you know I think it's about giving choices. Uh, so do these preferences point us to a different type of office? Possibly yes. Uh, we could be looking at a hybrid model, for example, where the office is much more for collaboration and creativity, and where employees connect with company culture, while working from home is much more for, you know, say, focus and individual work.
0: And so this hybrid model uh, seems like it makes sense.
2: Yeah, look, I think um, you know definitely the pandemic has give is is a catalyst for a lot of organisations to relook really their business model and start to um, yeah. you know decide whether there is a better way of actually how the employees can or should work in the future.
0: It's a great accelerator and decelerator of trends that have already been existing. I guess you know looking at some of these markets that you were talking about in Asia Pacific, like you know China, Hong Kong, Korea. Um, they're, they're heading back to the office now, you know, earlier stage of the reentry cycle than maybe some other parts uh, of the planet. And on this, Roddy, I just want to come back to you as you know, you're in the office um, as a reminder to listeners. You're in Hong Kong. And basically, what have you been seeing as employees in these markets, uh, your own and others have gradually started the return to the office? Sure. I
1: mean, uh, several markets in Asia Pacific are providing, you know, real time examples of how recovery may unfold in other markets, both regionally and potentially globally. I mean, if we take both uh, mainland China um, and and Hong Kong, for example, both to early early stage hits in the pandemic cycle, and um, employers had a small window to ensure business continuity and implement uh, sort of remote working practices. Now, China, which was initially the most impacted by by the outbreak, now provides a, a, a timely live example of the office model's resilience. And um, the country is now showing signs of returning to normality. Um, At this encouraging stage for China and the rest of the world, the the big question is really what has changed? And simply put, not too much. Um, I mean, at this juncture, um, the expected and and much talked about new normal um, is really beginning to resemble the old normal. I mean, I'm based in, in Hong Kong, special administration region. Most people are now back in offices. We have some people back in split team structures, some people fully back in office. Services, um, as they were before. I mean, I think that the main thing that has, has probably changed is the, that, that sort of health and well-being element and ensuring, you know, as people return to work, there's real building of trust there, whether it be temperature checking or heat sensing cameras or or hand sanitization and masks, um, all of those things being put into places. The, the, place, the workplace does still look quite like the old normal. However, I, I think it's put that working from home and that greater flexibility, and I think that's something that we'll see an acceleration of.
2: In terms of our China and Hong Kong offices, it's interesting, isn't it, that everyone's come back fully to work. And, uh, you know, here we are talking about whether it is a catalyst for change. Um, So you sort of wonder whether this is a cultural thing or is this a sign of um, how things might unfold in the future?
0: That's a really interesting point, Marina, in the sense that not much has changed, sounds great, and that return to normalcy is fantastic. Is this going to play out the same way in other markets, you know, culturally, Marina, as you mentioned, this Region, uh, in particular, but also globally. Is this return to normalcy something that we should come to expect?
2: Yeah. Look, I think based on, you know, we've been speaking to many clients around the region and I think, you know, definitely the situation we have today is accelerating the sort of agile workplace and I think a lot of sort of thinking about it's about providing choices, right? Um, uh, and yeah. maybe cultural choices as well, but just choices uh, because you've got various different situations in terms of some countries where the commute time very long. So So that might be less of um, employees in uh, situations like that would much prefer to be working from home rather than taking a long commute where they can. Uh, You have the home conditions to think about. So I think it's about providing choices. But um, I think most organizations are definitely taking this opportunity to relook, rethink, review. Right. It's a good sort of point in time to sort of say, well, you know, should we cause co- correct? Should we accelerate? Should we do something different? Um, I think that those are the questions that are in everyone's minds at the moment.
0: It's interesting is to hear about this, but if you would allow me, I want to get a little bit of motive here and just real quick, ask about the people and how they're using these. And as we transition into this, you know, making sure that people feel safe, government directives aside and and kind of corporate policies aside, are we facilitating that sense of safety in a different way? Uh, Marina, can you? uh, Yeah, I can.
2: Yeah, look, I think two aspects and and you hit on a very, very um, big point with a lot of our clients. One is as as a company, you've got to ensure that you've got a safe work environment. And I think when you when you speak to a, number of our clients, the employees know, especially, I guess, you know, for companies they work for, that the companies will do the right thing in terms of, you know, there's government regulations that you've got to follow. And then there's all the different social distancing and disinfecting and cleaning and regimes and all that sort of safe management that you've got put in place. I think that one piece aspect, I think a lot of employees feel, you know, my company's going to do the right thing. So that's fine. However, the other piece is, do I feel safe? to get, to, to, get uh, to be at work or to get to work. And I think that's a piece that a lot of our clients are actually very much focused on. And so um, what we've been f- spending a lot of our time on is really helping in terms of communication, in terms of, um, you know, sort of putting the right people in place, the um, uh, newsletters. It's just really showing employees things that we have in place and, and giving them the comfort that they can return to work safely.
1: I would build on that. And yeah, I agree totally, Marina. That's very much what we've seen here. I mean, I think if there were two words that that sum up, it's building trust, and and very much from the the end user, the employee going into the office, and between that trust between them and the corporate occupier, their employer, and and the landlord of the building that's maintaining those other communal areas, ensuring that all of those pieces are taken care of, and as you say, the communication is, is very free, transparent there, so that employees are happy, comfortable, secure in returning to the office.
2: Yeah, the, the other thing that's coming more in the forefront, and um, you can you just look at the number of companies that uh, are springing forward, is around just um, in terms of giving employees comfort around safety, is contactless technologies.
0: I know we talked briefly about tech firms and you know large companies rethinking their flexible working strategies and how much space they might require in the future. Does the way they're thinking about this align with the cultural factors in Asia-Pacific?
2: I think the crisis has shifted perceptions around the scale, effectiveness and potential of remote working. And in uh, previously, opinion was that remote working might not work as well in Asia, but, you know, as we've seen, uh, working from home has certainly succeeded in a large part the Asia-Pacific uh, during the pandemic because it's had to work. But, you know, I think the key point is it does not mean that it, it presents a sustainable and optimum long-term solution for all corporates. But having said this, you know, many corporates that uh, who have spoken to, many of them did not previously have a work-from-home HR policy or at least are not a well-defined set of guidelines. They are now looking at putting those in place.
1: Despite the the greater acceptance of of flexible working arrangements, there certainly will remain some um, continued challenges still making work from home less practical for many employees. I mean, I think the first and very obvious one is just simply smaller apartment sizes um, in some of our our metro areas. I mean, if we take Hong Kong, the average apartment size is around about 40 square meters. If we look at at somewhere like London, that's double at 80 square meters and and even larger for... um, somewhere like Manhattan, which is 137 meters square metres, and that's the average family house size. So that in itself is a practical consideration to, and, and also the multi-generational family.
0: The, those kind of outliers that make end up making all the difference in these considerations, I think, that, you know, market to market, these considerations are going to be highly individual. Absolutely, and I think the other thing that we, that we probably didn't touch on
1: earlier The younger generations in general are the group that are really missing the office the most. Our our younger millennials um, see the office as also an extension of their their social life, and that's an important part of of organizational culture
0: for them, which will remain the same. Um, Sadly, I'd like to say I can identify, but uh, (laughs) I don't know if I'm in that age bracket anymore. (laughs) <laughs> um, I got a final que- one, one final question. We've been talking about offices. We've, we've touched on working from home and the implications for the office. But thinking about that home, can remote working legitimately challenge the office as a center for employers operations? From my point of view, I think in the short term, there'll be disruption
1: and challenges for our sector and um, for office. Um, however, you know, I think within Asia-Pacific, is this a piece of uber moment? No, in our opinion. Um, the the office is, is far from extinct and we, we do expect it to remain central, but certainly I do think there'll be a greater acceptance of um, ho- remote working and in many ways this will be a great catalyst to to speed that up.
2: But I think in the long term, you know, it could mean that office space and location requirements may change. Um, we, we hear a lot about uh, the hub and club model where you might have more flexible, options uh, that might be closer to your home, but have the club with the head office uh, where we might come in for um, different types of you know, more collaboration and innovation work. Our interactions tell us that employees miss having human connections, you know, the professional environment that offices provide and, and how it's going to be repurposed and redesigned to provide that infrastructure for collaboration amongst all staff will be critical going forward. So I think essentially remote working will remain as an option. As I mentioned before, it's about providing employees with choices with a choice depending on the type of work performed um, but I think the office is definitely here to stay
0: Well that's a relief to hear I miss it after these <laughs> weeks at home I've lost count but um, uh, Roddy, Marina, thank you very much for providing your views on what's becoming you know, really such a huge topic of discussion around the world. Uh, there's plenty of food for thought here on what the office's future will mean for Asia Pacific and beyond. Uh, to our listeners thank you for joining. We welcome 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 your feedback on the views shared here today and hope you'll join us for the next round of our podcasts.